Hold on. What the fudge? Let me... That means we're live. I hear something going on. Oh, yeah? Are we live? That's my phone mean... telling me that... Oh, uh... yeah, we are. I thought I had it stopped. <laughs> All right, there you go, Nick. My Android tells you we're live before your Apple does. Before the host does. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get rid of that logo, but I don't know. All right. Screw it. Um, we are here with Garrett Alf. Finally, last week you had like a little bit of a um, an emergency. Yeah, it turned out to be nothing too serious, but uh, we weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, my son's allergic to peanuts, and uh, I think he got hold of some at school, even though it's a peanut-free school, and then uh, his throat was locking up, his chest was, so we weren't sure. We took him to the doctor, and then they're like, oh, you might need to go to the ER later, and, uh, but we got it handled, and everything's good. That's, well, that's good. It's supposed to be yeah. a uh, peanut-free campus. Yes, and I think a uh, mom or something brought some cookies in, and uh, a bakery like bakes with nuts or peanuts, and kind of uh, brought it back in, and uh, yeah, kind of scary. Nice. Well, I'm glad that all that worked out, and uh, yeah, and we're able to catch up this week. Yes, sir. So, um. We were just talking about it. You live, actually, the biggest jump I ever hit is directly across the street from your front yard. Yeah, and I actually just, uh, I bought my, moved out and I moved in, so now this is where I reside. Okay, you weren't living there when, um, when we rode out there? I think, I'm not sure when it was. When did you guys come out? Uh, 15, maybe? No, I think it was like 2015. Yeah, I wasn't living here. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. I bought the house in uh, May, uh, April of this year, so. Sweet. So, what'd you say that house is your, was, did your, your parents live there? Yeah, I grew up here, and um, after my dad passed away, my mom didn't want to take care of the property anymore, so she decided to put it up for sale. I said, wait another year or so. Let me get some stuff straightened out so we can, uh, me and my wife can buy it from you before you put it on the market. Nice. We made it happen. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and you, you also have another business. I see you wearing the hat. Yep. Yeah. I started, uh, I started buying equipment, not equipment, I'd say light towers and stuff back in 2013, trying to, figure out what I was going to do with uh, my life after freestyle because I wasn't too sure if I was going to stay in the family business or start my own deal or what, but, but, uh, you know, as all of us that ride freestyle, um, you got to figure out what you're going to do after because it doesn't last forever. And, uh, and I figured too, if I buy equipment and, and something doesn't turn out, sell it and do something else with it. It's true. Got a backup plan. Yeah. That was good. Not not a lot of guys even address any of that. And then uh, ended up 
just so afterwards. What, what kind of equipment is it? So Bakersfield is a in, uh, is a town that has uh, two major industries, which is farming and oil. We produce the most oil in all of California, probably the West Coast is in here in Kern County, and um, there's a lot of uh, equipment companies and stuff like that. So I figured with my you know uh, friendships with uh, a lot of people in the industry, I figured. Yeah, I might be able to rent a couple things here and there to them, and uh, turned out to be pretty uh, smart decision on my part. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, the coolest yep. thing I saw you have the um, the cooling station. Yeah, which I mean, so because what those are. yeah, that's pretty unique so because cool- most of the rest of the country wouldn't have to use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, California, especially, like, I thought it was going to be just, uh, you know, like a summertime gig where it gets over, you know, a certain amount of degrees or whatever, the companies would have them out. But uh, in California, with uh, regulations and uh, safety requirements in business, you got to have a cool shaded area for your employees that work outside 80 degrees and hotter. So... I think it's 112, 110 here in Bakersfield. So 80 degrees starts in about March and ends around uh, the end of October, early November. So uh, it actually became out to be more of a, I thought it was going to be like a four or five month gig, but it turned out to be more like a nine month gig. So it worked out pretty good. Nice. And that is, you made a trailer with just some, uh, a fan and misters, or was it just one of those uh, the fans that already have the water running through it with the cardboard louvers? Yep, yeah, it's a portacool setup, the evaporative cooler yep. system. So uh, the misters, they had a whole bunch. There's another company that has the mister trailers, but with California again, all their regulations and bullshit safety stuff, they can't have <laughs> yeah. They can't have water coming out unless the water is potable water. Because if it gets in your eyes or you inhale it, you get sick, it becomes a hazard. Awesome. Well, that created a market for you then. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> Take advantage and of it. It's funny because, um, you know, I thought it was a good idea. I, I, I built a few of them. And then uh, United Rentals stole my idea and built 30 trailers. Damn. Dang. And you know who United Rentals is. Yeah. You know, worldwide. Right. So, yeah, they have like 30 trailers in their yard now. Wow. Shit. And you came yeah, up with that idea? Well, I wouldn't say it was all my idea. I was uh, on Richie Brothers auction site looking for equipment, and I saw somewhat of a trailer with a fan on it. I was like, hey. And, but it was in Texas, where it's a lot more humid, right. and they want the evaporative cooling system, not just the misters, because, you know, the humidity down in Texas in the yeah. south, yeah. they don't want, you know, the water getting on them. So they have the evaporative cooling system that so that just blows cool air on them. I was like, well, that's a more expensive idea, but it could work perfect here in Bakersfield or California area. So that's how I came up with it. And then, 
you know, innovation of how I'm going to build it this time, do this different this year. So I've had them for three years and I've completely changed a lot of how it's set up and all that. So always room to improve. That's awesome. Yep. Um, sweet. So, but, uh, you still, I, I feel like there was a point where you kind of backed off of doing shows and then you're doing a bunch again now. Is that- yeah, so 2015, well, 2014, I uh, decided to stay more on the West Coast stuff. I'm not going to travel beyond the bus for mad amounts of time because I just had my first kid in the first year, 2013. I was away from him a lot, and I was like, man, I missed out on a lot of his stuff, you know, uh, his first year of life. So I was like, I can stay on the West coast. I can be gone on a weekend, come back, go to work or whatever. And then, um, I, I did the same thing 2015 and I was going to be done. I was like, okay, I'm going to really pursue the, uh, equipment stuff. I bought some other like bigger equipment and, uh, just going to try to hustle that the best I could. And then, um, I think it was January or February starting 2016 nitro circus, um, called me and said, Hey, we're doing this gig. It's going to be a U.S. tour. It's going to be a little bit of a smaller tour, like hit the smaller areas. Um, we're going to have 15 stop or 13 stops for you. If you want to do it, I was like, vision, that's sweet. Uh, they'll fly me in and out. I can still run my business and then be gone on the weekends and make a little bit of extra money. And then, uh, after the 13 show stop, they go, Hey, we want you to do the rest of the year. And it was all the way to October. So it was the beginning of April all the way through the end of October of 2016. And it was every weekend except like two weekends. And then I missed a flight and couldn't make it a one show on the West or East coast. So, um, that turned out to be a blessing because I was able to buy some more equipment with nice. uh, the money I made shows. So they flew you out every weekend. Yeah, that was the one of the things I was worried about. I was like, man, do I need to pay for the flights? Because I've, you know, heard other tours where they're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, keep you busy for a few months, but you got to figure out your own flights and all that, but we'll pay you good and all that. But um, when I asked them about that, they're like, no, we'll fly you in and out of your hometown every weekend. You go back home during the week. I was like, I can get used to that. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's huge, dude, especially when you got a kid. Yeah. Yeah, and I just had my second kid win this card. I was like, oh, God, here we go again, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> so how old are your kids? I turned 30 this year, so I'll be 31 in January. 31, and how old are your kids? I have a 5-year-old, and uh, uh, my young one will be 2 on the 31st. Okay, wow. so we're kind of in the same yeah. schedule. Yeah. I got two boys, they're rowdy, and I mean, the more and more they grow up, the more and more I got to, like, keep an eye on them. It's insane. I know that people say, oh, yeah, you got to watch your kid, but man, it's it's a handful. It's the toughest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, I just got yelled at because I was fighting my kids, and then she's like, it's bedtime. You know? <laughs> I got, got riled up before bedtime. My kids are, uh, I think every dad does that. Because I remember that I would rile up the kids. And, you know, we go read books, and I'm, like, wrestling them, grabbing his leg, dragging him across. Like, hey, we're trying to calm him down and get him to bed, not get him hyped up again. Sorry, just 
seemed yeah. like a perfect time to mess around and play. You wanted to wrestle. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, you know, if you grew up right there, you grew up riding in that canyon and stuff. Um, yeah. So, I was out there when I was a kid. We, me and my two brothers shared a ranch quad that was my grandpa's for the longest time. And then, uh, uh, you know, after I rode uh, one of my friend's dirt bikes, I asked my parents and asked Santa Claus every year, please give me a dirt bike. I, that's all I want. And then, uh, then it happened until I was 12 years old. And then, uh, yeah, we would go shred those hills every day after school, you know, come straight home, get on the bikes, go down the canyons, go find jumps, all that. Awesome. That's, I mean, I'm sure there wasn't the, was there, so when you were little like that, was there already made jumps out there or was there guys that were shredding in the hills like back on some 1975 uh, bull tacos or what? Yeah, well, there was a lot of that. There was a hill called the Widowmaker and, you know, there was guys way back in the day climbing the, you know, gnarly hill climbs and all of that, but when I started coming around, even before I had a dirt bike, I remember the LBZ Chrome and Re-Chrome and Moto Triple X, the original one, you know, yeah. we had a, what was his name? Shit. <laughs> Rich Taylor, you remember Rich Taylor? Radical you know, Rich. Rich Taylor would come out and tread, you know, he was a badass in the dunes, watch him all that but then uh, LBZ Chrome came out, and I remember we asked my parents for that video because we saw it at the dirt bike store, and this was right after the Krusties and all that. We're like, oh, that's the new one. And if you've seen LBZ Chrome watching that Christmas morning when we were 10 <laughs> with the chicks in their bikinis and they're at the bar doing that, my parents were like, what the hell do you guys make us buy? <laughs> but... Uh, we watch Adam Pierce and Brian Farrell. They used to shred the hills all the time, and we'd follow them around on the quads. You just watch them do heel clickers and do uh, cliff jumps and all that. Awesome. So it was just like an inspiration from day one. So that was the guys when you were young? It wasn't Bird? You weren't out there watching Bird? Bird was out there not as much as I remember, but I remember seeing him in a, I don't know if you remember the old, I think it was Chrome. And it shows him like jumping a little canyon, and then his whole leg is split open, and it's like a big gash about the size of, I don't know. If you watched it, you would see him, but uh, Bird started coming back around, I don't know, I'd probably say five, six years ago. When he started trying to go for the world record? Oh, yeah. He was going. I remember one day he went out for the world record. And I don't even know what. He was trying to come down this hill. Oh, it was a mess. And he barely, like, smaller than the jumps across the street. Those are about 165, 170. just depends on where you land. But, yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, this guy's insane. But then he went out to uh, town right about 30 minutes west of Bakersfield and he was jumping a man-made I think he made it himself a ramp and out of this big hill that it was just a regular hill that he backed the ramp up to and he was doing 400 foot almost 400 feet <laughs> who are we talking about Bird. on a 
watch the videos. It's insane. Like, just his motorcycle I've alone. Seen the I, I think his motorcycle alone, I wouldn't even want to ride it down the street, like, do wheelies on it. And he's, like, cucking 400 foot world records <laughs> with it. Yo, was he? He had to gear it up, right? Because he's just on a 252 stroke. Yeah, 252 stroke. I don't know if it was bored out or not. I never really asked him the specifics, but he would cut his plastic down and, uh, uh, you know, like his gas tank, you know, it holds what? Almost two gallons, a regular motocross gas tank. He put a, uh, a water bottle in there that holds like, you know, 12. Out, or 16 ounces of fuel that he'd fill up to reduce the weight on the bike. So he had a water bottle underneath his seat where the gas tank should be that has a, you know, a little tiny, tiny bit of fuel so he can just take one run and jump the ramp. And it's just like, if that, the heat of the motor can melt this water bottle, you know, <laughs> put gasoline all over the engine. And uh, I just, all right, go for it, dude. I'll watch <laughs> I feel like that's a, as much as that's a good theory. Like, wouldn't I feel like to fly that long, you probably want a nice stable bike in the air. I feel like if you made right. it loose, as, like light as that's shit, cool. you'd just be like floating around. Is this? Yeah, no. It, the, the logic behind it was purely uh, stupid to <laughs> stupidity, but he did it. I mean, he jumped. They had a. Um, a guy out there and everything measuring the ramp, he jumped damn near, I don't know if it was 400 feet or right close to 400 foot. Dude, when we were there, uh, he Is was, it? I'm blowing it up. Yeah, it looks like, like you see it. it. Yeah, that's it. So <laughs> for people on just audio, he's just blasting across some, uh, some like field right now and just hits like that's a 30 a, foot a, tall takeoff. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge ramp. Yo, yeah. he's like uh, uncle Rico. He's like, I can jump clear over the mountains. But I have to, I, I remember now, um, Scott, wow. Price, you guys know Wyvern, right? Yeah. Yeah. Scott Price, the owner of Wyvern used to own a, Supercross team, and that's what he did for fun. Uh, you know, guys with buku bucks, they got to spend their money and put, you know, for tax write-offs. And uh, and uh, he had a couple race bikes, and I think, you know, they weren't factory thing, but they were built pretty good. And I think that was one of them. He gave it to Bird Jump, so it actually had that one. He actually had suspension on and all that when it was fresh. But then a couple years later, he still tried to do some stuff and it was hammered he lost the gas tank thought he was ready to go yeah he lost the gas tank i mean he was cutting down a little bit of stuff you you know it wasn't as like tom pages style but that's what he was trying to go for or um levi's getting crazy with his bike i think too yeah i saw that carbon fiber over everything yeah he makes all that stuff i've seen him like making molds for number plates and shit yeah and then he's always yeah, putting it on the scale versus like a stock one or whatever. The yeah, one time, an ounce or a millimeter. Yeah, exactly. The one time he was like, I got a little bit carried away on this one. It's literally like not, almost the same weight. <laughs> 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 like saved a couple of ounces or something. Yeah. Just take it off. 
Yeah. That's funny. Dude, um, I've never seen that Tyler Bird or whatever. I've never You've seen never that seen that guy? guy? No. How'd he get that ramp out there? It's it's huge. He probably assembled he, it there. <laughs> he goes out there, yeah. puts it together himself, and drags the wood. At my old house, I still live by the hills, but he had two semi-trucks. He had parked next to each other. That's There's a, a makeshift home pit out in the hills that he dug a hole and just started bringing in, uh, uh, what is it, mattresses and foam and, and couches and all that because what he – what he said his next goal was to be the world distance backflip guy. That's what he wanted to do oh, next. This guy's yeah. close to 50. No yeah, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in his 40s doing that job. Yeah. Wow. When when we were out there, we um, are just riding out in these hills, and all of a sudden this guy comes blazing up on us like a maniac, and, like, he's screaming already. And uh, he got up close to us and realized that it was Chuck and was just like, oh, you know, he kind of backed off or whatever. But he was totally ready. To, he was screaming at us, like trying to kick us out and shit like that. And we we're like, Who, yeah, what are you so talking about? The story behind that is it's, there's oil leases out there, you know, where guys own some of the property and this and that and the, where he was stationed at. Uh, one of the owners said, yeah, like you can run people off if they're like trying to dump trying to trash or, or, you know, mess with the oil leasing or something like that, or the uh, oil derricks and all that. And he took it as I own the whole Hills. Now I get to kick everyone out and I want to. So anyone that was riding out there, he thought I can kick these guys out. I don't give a shit who they are or what, but it was like, dude, you overstep what, you took, you know, he just took it up and just thought, I'm the king of the hill. And it was ridiculous because he was building jumps out there. He built some sweet-ass jumps. Yeah. He took a lot of time doing it. But uh, you can't just build a jump out there and expect it to be not jumped by someone else that doesn't yeah. ride out there. You know, it's going to happen no matter what. He this is him we're watching jump this 394 feet, right? Yeah. 394, close to 400 foot. Seven inches with a street bike helmet. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he did it. I mean, that's they had they measured it a few times of where he landed. They would, uh, you know, broom the landing. So right when he hit the, the dirt, they know exactly where the tire hit and all that. Um, didn't, wow. didn't they say that that wasn't the world record because of the, some, something with the setup? Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened or if they didn't have the right officials out there or what have you, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. you jump 395 yeah. feet, you jump at 395 feet, I don't give a shit if it was down a ski slope or whatever. Right. That's a long way. But yeah. that wasn't even that crazy. It wasn't like that was that big of a drop off or anything. Like that was a normal proportion jump where it just well, goes to a mountain. Yeah. Well, the reason <laughs> is is because it's a mountain for a landing. Yeah. You know, like you can't go build that out in Vegas. You can't go, you know, set this thing up where they're going to have people there or anything like that. You literally had to find a mountain to do to I mean, do the the jump. But yeah. he built jumps across the street 
that he would build a lip and everything. And I'm like, dude, if you jump this and you over jump it a little bit, you're flying off a cliff and you're dying. Like you can parachute <laughs> off these hills. Some of them. And he had it like coming down landing. Even if he landed it smooth, you would have to be on the brake so fast. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And that's what he was all about. Yeah, when we were out there, you would just see Scranny was just like, look, there's the one of Bird's jumps. There's another yeah. one. Like, the whole time <laughs> we're just riding around, there's just, like, faces everywhere that the guys are, that is Doug. Hey, no one would jump. No one, that's, it's just a lip that he built that, I don't know if he was planning on jumping in or what, but it was there, and whoever wanted to jump it. Yeah, have at it. Yeah, there's a couple of things I was like, I ain't jumping that shit. Look at that thing. Yeah. Like to yeah. little peaks. Oh yeah. There's a there's a lot of gnarly jumps out there, for sure. Try and find that um super long one on my uh Instagram, Nick. That's at that jump across the street from his house. Alright. So my computer doesn't have the power to do this and Facebook live at the same time. At the same time? <laughs> yeah. You should get a shitty well, I'm, I'm barely, I'm barely able to even do this, so um, I'm happy. <laughs> That's funny. I don't remember that. I guess, I guess it was kind of in the middle huh? of nowhere. As soon as I started talking, it started buffering. As soon as you started talking, usually I'm the one. In the yeah, usually I'm the one in the cornfield with it. <laughs> yeah, because I started trying to load Facebook again, so it, that's probably why it started buffering on us. <laughs> well, now I'm just going through Clint's Instagram page. It's back uh, where I by where I got hurt with you. I think it's right before that. It's buffering really slow. So once you, I just passed Scranny. Street surfing. Seat surfing. Seat surfer. I said seat street. No, whatever. Street seat surfing. Yeah, exactly. How long have you known Scranny, Garrett? So, um, I've only known him probably five years but a lot of my friends known him went to high school with him he's a gnarly dude yeah dude uh chuck's just like this is my buddy's you know scranny whatever he rides too and then we started riding and i'm like yo because he just i don't know he didn't seem i'd never heard of him or anything and then he just starts yeah. shredding and i'm like whoa dude like this guy's gnarly i love this guy yeah no and it's funny because um, I did some, not, I wouldn't say stunt work, but I did some stuff for, uh, commercials and, uh, uh, for that Fast and Furious movie. And, you know, I kind of looked in the stunt deal as a option of one, I'm done riding freestyle, get in the stunt world, but that's just as hard to get into. And, you know, you got to know the right people yeah. and you got to do all this stuff. It's, it's pretty, uh, competitive too. But, uh, I was looking at it I was like, dude. Scott, you got to become a stuntman. You're good at everything. Bikes, yeah. mopeds, he'll jump off this, you know, 
building with his dirt bike. He'll do this. He could do a handstand on his skateboard and do a handstand for a mile long. And it's just like he <laughs> is the guy that needs to go in the stunt world and just, you know, he has all the talent in the world. Yeah, he actually did that live on our uh, podcast. Oh, really? He set his phone down yeah. against like a tire, and then he goes and r- rides down the street, and then he turns around and he just pops up into a handstand and comes oh. like blazing by the uh, by yeah, the he camera. Skype himself standing on the seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a he, still he of that just... jump. Oh, you got the video of it. I got it. Come on, it's not still. Fourth right, gear so to the stop, scene, son. I had to rev it so it wouldn't stall in the air. Is, uh, is Yamaha going to take that footage down because of the sound effects? Yeah, maybe they might. I don't know, dude. They have that... Everybody- they have that uh, copy written. Yeah, I have to fucking put everything on mute when I play it because I got shut down last week. Really? Yeah. It, well, uh, that's YouTube. That yeah, YouTube. So when um, uh, you apply for content ID, it basically takes all of your footage and everything, and then it uh, like digitally like remembers it or whatever. So if I um, upload anything, it compares my footage against their footage. And if it's got the same footage or sounds, if it's got uh, music and that somebody has claimed, it automatically like clips you. So you can actually put in a, you can put in something saying that you're allowed to use it if you have um, rights to it or whatever. Uh, But then you have to submit it and then that company has to review it and okay it. So I did that with um, some Red Bull footage of Thomas Pages for something I was doing. And they were just like, they caught it right away. So I submitted a thing saying that um, I thought it was fair use because I was commentating over it. And Red Bull's like, yeah, we don't fucking care. <laughs> you can't have it. So that was the end right. of that. Yeah. Yeah, I've uploaded a, like a video with a song and then instantly says this song is not being able to use you can use and then they give you a list of all these other songs that you can use but they're all usually pretty shitty or don't go with the edit of the film right or they take the take the whole video down yeah i go or um if you run monetization on it on youtube they'll just give the money to the artist or whatever to the to not the artist the record label that owns it you know so, oh, uh, no way. I yeah. But if you go into like create on um, YouTube, they have a bunch of music people have made for free or where you just have to write the person's uh, like name. Profile and, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. well, it'll be like uh, this was made by whatever. Uh, it's always like some like jingle punks or some shit like that. Like people just making stuff for there. So that's gotcha. what I do. I just go and steal all the, um, or use all the, um, free music. Free stuff? Yeah. Ah, that's smart. So I, <laughs> any video I posted is either muted or just dirt bike noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, several times I'm like, it tried to, you know, it, it was 10 years, five years ago, it wasn't that bad. Now it's like instant. Yeah. Yeah. 
he posts a video up and two minutes later, hey, you can't use that song, tear yeah. it down, or uh, we, we've already taken it down, or yeah. There's been a couple times, even on Instagram, I post up a video, and I was like, oh, yeah. how the hell did I know on Instagram? And I only use like a 30-second clip of it. We got shit taken say, down yeah, all the time. I, I, I'm that video, or that song, and it never uh, came after me, so yeah. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't happen down the road. Yeah, well, it's like if your account gets big enough, where you you probably got like 10,000 people, don't you? Yeah, it's close to there. I, yeah. I think it's... Yeah, something around there. Anybody in California that rides dirt bikes has like 10,000 people. <laughs> On the East Coast, you get like 1,000. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the scene, bro. It's I the know. Scene. It. <laughs> it's the scene, bro. I know. It. Cow. <laughs> Yo, what do we, uh, I, I've said it before, like, we don't even ride freestyle because we're not in California. Yeah, we, right. <laughs> we're dirt hump jumpers. Just hit right. <laughs> um, I gotta pee, dude. First Go. one of the whole thing. Good. You made it. You you made it a whole forty five minutes. I get hurt and stuff, and Nick steals my jerseys. Look at the one sitting in the back there. That's your jersey, huh? Yeah, I think I crashed my ass off, and he, like, confiscated it out of my bag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the hospital. So He's where like, are you oh, at just... exactly? Huh? Where are you located at? I'm exactly. in New Jersey. Jersey? Oh, shit. So you're East Coast. East yeah. Coast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been out here? I'm sure with... Uh... Uh, no, we went to... We did that Nitro Circus deal in uh, New Newark. Not Newark. Yeah. We flew in. I think we flew in Newark, but it was it. It was at the uh, Devils Stadium. Yeah. Is that Newark? Yep. Newark? Oh, okay. Yeah, you. Yeah, so, we were there. That's what everybody thinks of New Jersey. Yeah. You know, they're like. Well, uh, that's the same thing. People drive up through California. They drive by Bakersfield, and it's like. The freeways by all the dairies and the farm and this and that. They're like, oh, Bakersfield, that place is a freaking shithole, you know? But it's like if you – there's nice places if you actually go beyond the freeway and all that. But, uh, yeah, we get the same response. Yeah. Well, I live out um, more like – in well, and I'd say mountains, but they're not like – I mean, I guess it's mountainous. It's not like huge mountains, you know? Uh, yeah. but, um, I'm out like more in the mountains and like, uh, fields and stuff. So we got tons of corn and mostly corn fields up here and, uh, cattle and stuff like that. But, uh, even Berlu, like, cause he lives down like central Jersey. He, he's by the shore, but he's still a little, it's more built up than it is here. Or at yeah. least it's more like, I don't know, it's flatter, I guess. So maybe you can just see all the houses, but. Uh, yeah, he come out here and he's like, yo, you live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, hardly, dude. There's like a supermarket five minutes either way. Yeah. That's funny. You don't have any of your 805 beer? Aren't you supposed to? Oh, right there. There you go. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> have you had this stuff yet? No. You guys probably never met 
You probably don't get it over there on the East Coast. No. I think I've got it smuggled in. Yeah, we need to smuggle some in. So I can look all cool in front of my friends. I'll be like, you see this Cali beer, bro? (laughs) (laughs) I call it, it's it's the scene beer now. It's the Cali scene beer now. That's true. So what had happened was, I'll tell you a little story on how how I got even the sponsorship or whatever, but remember when Volcom was big in uh, motocross and they had Villa Poto and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the rider rep for that, they closed the moto program and all sponsored by Volcom for a little bit. And, uh, and they closed that down. And then I was talking to a friend of mine that's a beer rep in Bakersfield. And he's like, oh, yeah, they're getting into motocross. I was like, yeah, I saw they have some jerseys with Fast House and all that. So, yeah, um, you need to hit him up. And then he gave me the guy's name. And I was like, hey, oh, shit. Oh, shit. His name was uh, Troy Powell. I don't know if you heard his name. No. Nope. But, uh, I don't remember anyway, his name. So, <laughs> Firestone Walker is the brewing company. And they were, they're blonde beer. They're like, more about their IPAs and all that kind of stuff. And their blonde beer wasn't doing very good in sales. So they wanted to rebrand it. So all they did was rebrand their blonde ale to 805 beer. The dude from Volcom to come in and do all the marketing for it. And it blew up like insane, especially in California. Yeah. Yeah, It's a decent beer. It's good, but... It's the exact same beer that didn't sell four years ago, <laughs> but they just made it all black and white and made it look cool. And now it's selling. They can't. They can't keep enough on the on the shelves. And they put it on jerseys, and that was it. Yeah. And they got and motocross they a, superstar uh, Garrett Alf running it. Oh yeah, uh, I was just. Uh, <laughs> I was like, shit. I'll, I'll I'll run a hat or a logo for some yeah. free beer. Yeah, so, we need to get the podcast sponsored. What's that? We need. We could be listen. Eight oh five beer, man. We could be drinking eight oh five beer on this every Tuesday night. That's all I'm saying. All the eight oh five beers. <laughs> all the eight oh five. All the East Coast. Bring it over to the East Coast. There you we go. We don't even say what we're drinking right now. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Negro. <laughs> You're drinking the Negro. I got some Brooklyn ale. I got the Negro beer. I got that. Brooklyn Summer Lager is the best. Well, this is the Seven winter hours. lager. I'm usually drinking Lagunitas. Semi, yeah, that's semi-local. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Semi-local to where? It's the best, but then I was... Huh? Semi-local to where? <laughs> well, it's in California and it's in Chicago. Yeah, but that's when I drink just the Lagunitas, then I just forget the end of the podcast. <laughs> Let me grab another well, beer. I'll, speaking you, I'll of. send you the guy's info, and you can uh, hit him up and All tell right. him that uh, I sent you. Yes, please. I'm going to go to the bathroom and get a beer. Talk to Nick. All right. We can't let it go dead right now. Or I get fired. I'm just going to let it go dead. It's funny to see just a blank screen. Like, when it pans off to hit Can you hear me? Am I on at all?
No, you're on, but it's just, no, I'm oh. saying on his, like, there's a clean. his mirror, yeah, you can see his mirror and all, it just looks funny. It's the same, it's, that's standard, Clint. Yeah. Because <laughs> I texted him right before we were supposed to go on, I'm like, hey, are we doing the podcast tonight? And then I started looking for my computer, I couldn't find it, and I realized I left it in my truck. And then he's like, oh man, I took a nap, and I yeah, thought I wouldn't sleep that long. Yeah, he said he woke up like five minutes before the podcast, he's like, oh, that's... <laughs> Nine o'clock, whatever his time. Shit. If I took a nap before that, I'd be, I couldn't go, I, I'd have to sleep all That's night. I'm like, you'll be up all night, dude. Yeah. He said he took like an hour and a half nap. Shit. Woke up at nine. Like, woke up at nine. Yeah. I would not, I would have not woken up. I would have slept through it all. I woke up yeah, a lot. So I was texting, like, do you, do you send me a link? Do you send me a, like what? What? How does this work? And he met nothing. I was like, okay, well, I'll just wait. And then he texts me, "Hey, sorry, dude, I took a nap. This is what you need to do. I'll send you a link." It wasn't working. I was like, all right. Listen, I got this is the five thirty. This is the dirt bike run podcast. Like everybody's late every time. It never yeah. goes as planned. It's, yeah. it's just like a show. It's like you show up and you're asking where stuff's at, and oh, nothing's man. like you were told. I love it. Yeah, that's what one thing I did get spoiled with the, the Nitro Tour. Everything was just so, like, everything was playing. The flights were done. This was done. They had mechanics there. You don't have to work on your bikes. You, you know, every single show, gas was filled up. Brakes were checked. Chains were checked. Suspension was bled. You know, they did You just show up. You ride the show. You park the, the bike on your trailer. And you go back to your hotel room. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I wasn't part of either of these, but like the IFMXA days, the, how you hear guys talking about that is like yeah. similar. You know, like this is like a, a small time in history of for freestyle. How that wasn't how similar at all. Huh? That wasn't similar at all. I'm pretty sure Garrett would say I'm saying that's similar, but the way you guys, <laughs> the way he will reminisce on these days. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure Garrett rode some IFMAs, ramp to ramp ones, especially. It was just shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just rode from. I I remember doing the. What was it? In 2005, I went down to San Diego and did. When they were still doing dirt. And I think it was like uh, when Twitch started flipping and McNeil, Jim McNeil, were flipping and they were like battling or whatever. And uh, I legit 75 foot ramp. It was always like, you know, it was still at the point where it was, I would set up my ramp in my backyard and I'd pull it back to where I thought it was far enough and I could do my tricks. And I was like, okay, cool. I never measured it or anything. And they go in the small arena and they're like, oh, it's set up at 75 feet. And their bikes were all running crisp and everything. Mine was still like stock at stock suspension. Um, did the circle a couple times, did some tricks, and then I came out of the corner one time and trying to get on the throttle, and I did a wheelie into the ramp, you know, where, and then I compressed, yeah. and then I just took all my momentum, and then I just backside the landing, and that was the end of my eyes until <laughs> like 2007 or something, when they started doing the ramp to ramp shit. Yeah, the ramp to dirt I, ones were gnarly, because You'd have literally like 48 feet of run at like 74 foot gap. 
Yeah, it was gnarly. Like, it was like you had to hit the berm and just hold it all, you know, getting the power band right out of the berm yeah. to do the jump. Yeah, and it was it crazy was, uh, because something that I, you couldn't chop at all. I tried to, like, I was like, I'm just going to run the berm harder so I don't have to, like, be quite as, no. You can't. You have to just roll the roll the berm, and by the time you get to the end, just be burying it, rolling it as fast and yeah. hard as you can to pin right through the face. Yeah, and hoping that your bike gets in the power band to give yeah. you that little bit of horsepower to get over the. I yeah. wasn't used to that. I was used to burr, 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 like that. It That's was like, what Whoa. it was. You know, and so it was like uh, arena cross almost. You had to be yeah, it was racing. Yo, no, like it was weird. You couldn't really race the turns. You had to just go through the turns, get get like as straight as possible or through towards the exit and then start rolling from there. Because if you tried to run the berm real hard, like you couldn't, it was weird. You couldn't do it. You had to just go around and be like, roll it. Like I said, like you said, you would have to wait. You're like hoping your motor comes on as you get to the ramp because that's how tight they were. They would literally come on like, Eight feet before the ramp, your motor would just start to pull. And yeah, you know, like, half you guys are riding some fucking turds. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh, That's what I was talking yeah. to Nate about. He had some clapped out Suzuki 250. He was riding the first time I ever went. Um, Je- uh, Jesse uh, Olson, he had some. Uh, maybe it just looked like shit, and somebody else had a bike that sounded crazy, and I'm like. You guys are jumping this stuff with that? Holy shit. And throwing down. Going there and Drake McElroy's bike, his, and his dad was down there wrenching on it, and it sounded so damn good. His bike sounded the best out of everyone's, and obviously that was like the year Drake was uh, just killing everything. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this, and then go out there and Weeded myself, and then a friend of mine came with me too, and he lasted a little bit longer. And then uh, he ended up doing the same thing as me and uh, Wheelie, trying to you know clutch the berm and get that top end speed before you hit the ramp, not yeah. letting it sneak on the last five, yeah. to eight feet. <laughs> yeah, you just got to trust it. Yeah, God, that was and scary. I was not uh, uh, <laughs> prepared for that at all. Probably the four-stroke would have been better for that, huh? Think about being on a yeah. 450 now. That would at least it would have. Had, you knew it would have come on because it would already been pulling a little bit, and you would just no, have 100%. way more torque. No, but like a, a 250, a 250 four-stroke pretty much is like a 252 stroke. So like when we did With shows where it was tight, <laughs> huh? Oh, I was thinking it's like yeah. I always tell people it's like a 125 with a lot of low end. Yeah. It's like I can ride it, but <laughs> but it was always like I was. You're nervous right at the top. Like I remember doing. I did a show with uh, uh, Jack Rowe, and he's like, "Let's bet." It's when he just switched to 450, and he's like, "I'm a hit. We're doing 80. We're doing 8." I'm like, "No, dude. I've been doing like why? Like two weeks before, Jason's telling me, "No, you don't want to hit this ramp at over 65." And now Jack wants to hit it at 80, and I'm like, "Let's just ease into this whole thing," because I'm like, you know, I would just be wrapped out. I had plenty of run, but either it didn't even matter. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to third if I didn't have yeah. to. Because it was at that point where it was like you were, you know, I don't know. I just didn't want to fuck with it. He yeah. Jack regeared his two fifty F so that second gear would do the same as like a two fifty two stroke. 
told me all about that. I wrote, I wrote a, I went from a 252 stroke to a 254 stroke, and it, it just is the same. I just second gear though I just was went as long. Dude, he would hit shit. We'd be jumping some big stuff, and he's like, I'm in second. And I'm like, you're still in second? Like, no way. On 250F? Yeah. He changed, like, his front gear is what he said. Like, he went smaller or bigger. I don't know what he told me. He had some crazy. See, that scares me. Like, messing with the gearing and all that. Like, that's what I loved about the two folks. Like, you just get on the YZ250 with the stock gearing, and you ran it. Well, I did. Yes, uh, then, yeah, like, no. I switched to the four strokes. Like, oh, no, you get a bigger gear in the back, slows it down a little. I was like, slows it down? What the fuck do I want to do that for? <laughs> you know? I don't want to deal with all that bullshit. You know, I want to jump it like I did my 250. Oh, trust That's me. normal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is people, second is so long, like you could go 110 feet in second on a 450 just like by being a little bit off on your throttle. Yeah. No, I did that at uh, <laughs> Nitro Circus, and that's how I broke my back. You just went to flat? <laughs> well, that and there's 15-mile-an-hour tailwinds. And uh, the last jump that I did, I could just feel it. Like, right when I hit the ramp, I just felt the wind push me. I was like, oh, shit, this is going to suck. Do you, I missed the whole landing. So do you run stock gearing? No, I no, – I, Put a, a fifty-two on my uh, on the rear. Yeah, and it's like it comes with a forty-nine, oh, I think. Okay, or forty-eight, and what I put a fifty-two you, on the back. Are you running Hondas? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what they are now, but yeah, that's the bike I had uh, came with a forty-eight originally. It was McNarl's old bike, and uh, he had had a um, fifty-two on it, and yeah. Um, yeah. You're like almost wrapped out in second doing, you know, 75 feet. Yeah. And then I got the 17. I think I, I put a 52 on it thinking like, oh, it can't be that much different from my 11. But um, it definitely was. And at home, I felt comfortable on it. But when I went to ramp to ramp, you know, I like you go to a ramp to ramp and you just it looks like a 100 foot. Yeah. And just no, it was that 75 foot. If you haven't jumped one in a while, you're like, damn, why is that ramp look? So big. Was it a tight floor? <laughs> right. Put it closer. Yeah, put it closer. So, but I think I could have ran a fifty-three in the rear or something on my seventeen because, yeah, I overjump shit all the time, I, and I hate that feeling of making yourself go slower. You know, I'd rather go faster over a jump than slower. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime sure. I try to be perfect, I usually case the shit out of it. <laughs> you get cocky no like, I got this no reason. when I'm like nervous about uh-huh. something and I'm like don't go long on this don't go long we're just gonna be right in the pocket and I'm like doo off of the knuckle <laughs> <laughs> yep so I never tell myself that <laughs> um, freestyle man how do you know McNarls? He's from Arizona. Were you guys on like the boost tour together? Uh, yeah, the Freestyle Max Monster Burnett tour. Uh, he, him, myself, and John Disler. That was the first year I actually, you know, I did a little bit of shows here and there for Mark, but that was the first year I toured with him. 
where I put my bike on the bus and, and went around. And, you know, he has two buses that go around. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, Dissler. He was driving the bus, help setting up, and riding. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, he he's one of the OGs, too. Yeah, I'm not saying he's he was on the uh, older side of the crew. We called him Grandpa. <laughs> and uh, Gramps was taking care of us on that tour. But uh, that's where I met Brian, and me and Brian became really good friends. And uh, it was uh, Grandpa Dissler, and then I was dad because I just had my first kid. And then McNarls was our, we called him son. So if you ever see me talk to him, I was like, made me proud, son. It's because of that tour. We uh, <laughs> we, uh, we bonded pretty good. And it was a fun tour. It was one of the better crews because, you know, how you always get on something and there's always someone you butt heads with, or you're like, oh, that guy's freaking annoying as shit, or he does this. And being on a bus on a tour like that, it, you really learn about the frictions between human beings. Yeah. Um, I, so. I booked my own stuff for most of my career, so I tried to avoid that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was just like, That's this guy's lucky. an asshole. I'm not hiring him. Fuck. So you guys, you were on that bus the entire tour, the whole time? So I would fly home when I could, because uh, I still had a job at home working for my dad, so I can go home, make a little extra money, and then like fly home. I was like, shit, if I, I spend 300 bucks on a plane ticket and I work for that week, I'm at least at home that week for you know, break even and go see my kid and my wife, but, uh, this and McDonald's, he was on, they were on the bus for all summer, pretty much. They got to go home a couple of times. That was it. Is that, that thing just fucking stunk. <laughs> oh, well, actually, John, big this, he kept that bus clean. I mean, he really? his ass off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is there's still- one guy, one of the workers, that helped set up. They had to kick him off. One guy got fired, and they brought another guy in, and then that guy didn't work out. They fired him, put another guy in, and it was just that's where you get annoyed because it'd be like we're finally getting used to someone, and then someone messes up, and they just send them home, yeah. get a new guy out. Like helpers or riders? Helpers more. And uh, I've never been on a tour where they kicked off a rider. You know, as far as uh, uh, I know, but I've heard it happening before. Uh, and announcers, there's been some announcers that are like, okay, this guy, uh, he needs to be sent home now. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff he says to the crowd and not, you know, <laughs> being uh, presentable, you know, being out there hungover, you know, we're going to get it out here. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, you're like half the show. Yeah, well, and the thing is, with people like that, is that they will start hanging out with you know people, and then they're trying to impress them because these guys are doing all this crazy stuff, and they're just talking or whatever. So, and they don't have to even ride the next day, so it's easier to get more out of control. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Exactly. The dream dream job. Yeah, they're like, fuck, these guys are whatever, they're partying, and then next thing you know, 
because we're like, uh, I got to at least try and keep it a little bit under wraps here because I got to ride my motorcycle again tomorrow. That's going to be yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah. Be scary, especially like if you get wind or anything like that, and you're a little bit hungover and not wanting to ride anyway, just makes it even worse. It's like, oh, what the hell? I've been in, I, don't get me wrong, I've been in the situation where I'm like, I should not be riding my motorcycle right now. Yeah. <laughs> no sure. And uh, we got three shows today. It's going to be a long freaking day. Yeah. Definitely. I, um, fuck. I've uh, one time we were at the circus and we drank all night and then they'd start calling us at like eight in the morning to go in and practice and we were like uh, we drank until seriously probably four and uh, yeah. we go in there we set up practice and then we get done everything's fine well that night when we go back in to ride the floor I realize I remember nothing of practice I have no idea oh I'm like I have no idea where. Like, there were marks on the floor. Otherwise, I was like, so I know I was turning here, but that's about it. I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. It worked out. Yep. Normally, I always. Did that with, uh, I did that with Cook. Like, he called me. He's like, where are you at? And I, I, I had set my phone up. I was charged in it. I was in the locker room of the fucking uh, arena for the circus. I don't know how I got in. Last thing I remember leaving was with the the tiger lion tamer guy and the ringmaster. Like they're like, "Come on, let's go!" And then we went to a bar or something. Derek, of course, went home. He calls me. He's where you at? I'm like, I'm at the stadium, and I was totally fine. And we do like one of those morning circus shows for the uh, the school kids or whatever. And I had, I'm like, you got five hits, six hits, whatever it is. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. I almost missed one. I had like one finger on a seat grab. I was fine. Last hit, I go a little long. And like slapped my head, and it was like instant hangover. And I was like, oh, I got sick, I had a headache. I was like, fuck, dude, I did the whole thing, I was fine. And then the whole day just sucked. I had it, I thought I had it nailed too. Maybe it didn't catch up to you That's yet. Cool. I actually did that at um, one of those uh, the, on the Burnett tour up in New York. Or maybe it was Maine. No, it was in New York State. And, uh, Maybe it wasn't for him. I don't know. For Miller and all those guys were there, and we went out, and we got drunk. And the next day, I woke up and started driving, and I'm like, all good, driving, driving, driving. And all of a sudden, I just start to get, like, a little bit of a headache and stuff. And two hours <laughs> later, I'm, I made Casey drive Higgins, and I'm laying in the back of the truck just like, ugh. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I've never, I was never awake for a hangover to like set in before. But it, was yeah. like, it was just, I just felt, I was like getting worse and worse. I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah, no, that's the worst. I mean, I, I remember I was doing shows at Magic Mountain and it was three shows a day and I do seven jumps a show. So I'd like jump out one for intro and do like two tricks in like, it was basic. It was just do, uh, like, don't do anything crazy. Do seat grabs, heel clickers, knack knacks, like a one-hander. Like, just, you don't have to try to do anything gnarly. So, after the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, this is this is good. I can have some beers or whatever. And then a friend of mine came up and uh, from Bakersfield up to Magic Mountain with me. And we started getting loose and drinking uh, some Captain Morgan and all that stuff. And then... Uh, 
one of the guys that did the Globe of Death. Yeah, just, he's from Vegas, so he's been doing this thing, doing the Globe of Death for like 26 years or something like that. Single guy still, and he's like, dude, you got to come check out my stereo system in my truck. I spent like 10 grand on it. We're like, okay, cool, let's go check it out. You know, he was drinking, we just ran into each other. So he opens up his truck, and then he's got like this, I'd say, 24-inch screen that came down from the ceiling. He's like, he had Green Day live. I don't know where they were on DVD. And he opened up his doors and everything and pulled the screen down. You could watch it to the back window. And when we, he cranked it up, and we just sat there and drank beer and were drinking time until, uh, until the uh, hotel people came in. I'm like, hey, um, you got to turn that off because uh, our guests are, you know, kind of upset. It's like, oh, it's only 9 o'clock, 9.30. We're shit-faced right now. But we're having a full-blown, like, concert in the parking lot with Green Day playing. And then uh, I was like, our first show's not till 4 in the afternoon tomorrow. So I'm good. I've been jumping this ramp for a couple weeks. I wake up at, like, 3, just like, where the fuck am I? I don't know what is going on. So I go to the venue or whatever. I don't even do practice. I'm like, I'm not going to do practice. I've done it. I just need to sleep, you know, rest before the show. And I did the first jump and I came back around and I hit the ramp and it felt like my legs just gave out. My head hit the handlebar. I just did like a half bone rare and landed. And I was like, oh my God, that is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. And I just pulled up and I'm like behind the stage because the venue was so tight. And then they're like, okay, and the motocross. And I was like, technical difficulties with his bike i was like okay i gotta get ready for the next jump right so the same thing and i go they go all right the motocross and i come back around i hit the ramp and i just do like a like that and land. And I like a quick one-hander came back in the next one was like i had to do three jumps and I was like, I'm not jumping the rest of the show. I don't care if they fire me tomorrow. I'm going to die. I'm dead. So I did that. And they're like, hey, what happened? And I was like, um, me and Laterno, that was a guy on the globe of death. We were partying all night last night. I was like, I need some sleep. So I got an hour of sleep till the next show. I just laid in the couch in the locker room or whatever. And then I was dialed the rest of the day. But, yeah, it was scary as hell. And then from that day on, I was like, I'm not – doing that and then it's happened a couple more times after yeah. <laughs> horrible horrible yeah. experience dude you know what it is it's like your depth perception or something because i've done that where i just didn't even account for the ramp yet and it just caught yeah. me off guard and it was like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like what the hell was that i saw it coming and everything but Right when I went to go preload, like you were my already whole body just came out, and, like smacked my head on the handlebar, <laughs> like holding on for dear life. Yeah, I was like getting oh, ready for it, getting ready, and all of a sudden I was just like, I'm already in the ramp. Holy smoke! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever jump like a bicycle in the dark? Like these one kids had these ramps on their sidewalk, and I go hit it. I get drunk and go hit it. It's like before you even realize you're taking off, you're already in it, and then you're landing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've jumped. I've done shows where they're like, "Oh yeah, there's gonna be plenty of light," and I go out there. They have like a halogen light on, with an extension cord. Like, is this yeah. 
was like, fuck, man. Dude, I'm why are we, like, why do I put myself in this situation? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I've had cars. You know, the same I'm thing. Like, it's just, I'm like, hey, get those two cars over there and put your high beams on this ramp. <laughs> I think we, one time we had, we were at a, a biker rally or something and there was no light. Um, and a guy had a uh, razor or a, a rhino or something with the LED bar or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, we, we right now or else we're not doing a show. It was like 1130 at night. Her first show was at Nine o'clock at night. Nice. Damn. Yeah. Hey, I gotta take my dog so, out. Ugh. What's he doing? I gotta take my dog out. I don't know. Take your dog out? What do you want her to Just let her go. Floor? He'll come back. <laughs> Here, I'll let. Where's Randy? I'll let Randy go. He'll come back someday. No, that's because we're in a condo. Social attack, whatever attacks her. No, I'm not worried about her. I'm worried about the neighbors complaining. Yeah, she I'm... needs to assert her dominance on the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dog. worried about the dog. She ain't doing anything. Clint's got to walk his fur, baby. Yeah, got to take care of him. No way. <laughs> My dog's the worst. <laughs> nah, he's alright. <coughs> Which dog is this? That's not Stella. He's showing us other dogs. I don't know what dog that was. How many dogs does he have? I think that's uh, his girlfriend's dog. Oh. This is all I know from Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I was going to say something. I. Let out, forgot it. Oh, he's back. Back to talking shit. Did you let uh, Bethany's dog out? Um, that dog can hold its pee way longer. <laughs> I'll let them out. I'll, I'll let them both out before I go to bed. But Stella went out there, out there man. and got right to it. Uh, she went already? Yeah. I didn't Dang. put her on the leash. That was the fastest pee I've ever seen. Yo, yeah, because girls are efficient. she was like, listen, I'm about to pee myself. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my dog would have snipped everything and ran around for fucking 10 minutes. No, my dog lived at the circus. So it was like, listen, oh, yeah. you need to pee right now in this parking lot. And she's like, there's no good smells. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. This is where you're peeing. And she goes, okay. No good smells. There's tiger piss. <laughs> you're not out in the parking lot. Yeah. Yo, she Baby, I don't know. She realized very quick that those tigers wanted to eat her as a snack and did not like them. Yeah, she's a dog. She's smart. Yeah. And they were like, tried to l lunge against the side of the cage. And she was like, yeah, I don't like those. Let's stay really far away from them. I got a good uh, story about being hungover at the circus and the tigers. Uh, and we're sitting. Is it, aren't most stories hungover at the circus? Aren't what? <laughs> aren't most stories hungover at the circus? I don't. Yeah, circus people like to drink. Twice. 
here's the thing. They're South Americans, and if you, if, like, so normally the shows are, like, 9 or 10 o'clock, but, so, they have to get in there an hour early to do, like, paint people, kids' faces and sell them fucking balloons or whatever, inflatable uh, Dora the Explorers or whatever they gotta sell them. Uh, those laser, those um, light-up swords. Yeah. Yeah, they got to get in there and sell them all that stuff. So they're in there an hour early. So they got to be in there by 9. And that's normal. You you got like whatever, 10, 2, and 7 or some shit like that. Well, if you only have a 2 o'clock show, those people are like, we're celebrating. And they have this whole spread of many meats and steaks and... (laughs) <laughs> and all different kinds of salads and shit, and everybody's got their own bottle of whiskey. So, plus, you know, the the tiger guys, or actually the elephant guys, are usually the fun guys to party with. Yeah, they or, drink the hardest. Or the tiger guys too. Any animal trainers are usually they party pretty hard. But I just uh, remember the trapeze guys drink hard, but it's very specific of like when they drink. Yeah, and it was fucking. Sp- Tequila with like hot sauce in the bottom of it. I don't remember oh. that. You don't remember that because you tried to off yourself the next day. Yeah, it's true. Like that's when we partied with uh, Roger. Uh, what the fuck his name was? I don't know what his name was. We were partying with um, Alex and uh, damn it, why can I not remember his name? It's a it's like an '80s BMX bike. I just remember that that's his name. Um. With an R. Damn it! Stop talking. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I can't even. Cortez, the Cortez uh, family, and uh, I just remember they. I got a shot, and it was. I don't, I don't know if it was tequila. I don't drink tequila, but it had hot sauce in the bottom of it. Oh, no, nobody said anything, and I was like, "Why? Who does that? What's the point of that? It didn't get me more drunk. It was horrible." That sounds like um, Little John's manager. He'll do shots. He'll get you shots. They're like, uh, what the hell is it? It's like Patron with uh, Sambuca and hot sauce in it. Oh, that no. That's gross. T- <laughs> Sambuca is gross on its own. Like those fucking hot sauce. Yeah. It was Here, I'm going to look up what his name's name. I think he was just testing me. Um, He messaged me not long ago on Facebook. Who? Uh, if I could remember his name, I would tell you. I thought maybe that would like trigger it. <laughs> <laughs> Alex was the younger was the younger brother, the actual flyer, and I'm trying to think of the catcher's name, the dude that like uh, catches everybody and throws them back. I'm looking. I got it. It's some of the, Robinson. Robinson Cortez. Yes. Robinson. Damn it. I knew it was like a bike name or something. Yeah, the Robinson. Bike name in the nineties. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Where are we going with that one? I forget. <laughs> we were just saying that one we. On over. Yeah. I think is how it's done. Well, we basically veered off from whatever story I was telling to uh, the fact <laughs> to who likes to drink at the circus. <laughs> <laughs> that to be everybody. 
<laughs> everybody. It is. It's traveling like a uh, town. You know, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's dated everybody. Like, oh my god! <laughs> but traveling around the country. Yeah. So yeah, that's why everybody gets drunk, and then uh, being freestyle motocrossers, we're very easily influenced. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you end up with I a lot of. I normally drink, but when the pressure's on. <laughs> we're not gonna guys. be. We're not gonna be outdone. Damn, I should have worn my Rourke jersey that I pulled out the other day for the podcast. Yeah, that's sick right there. <laughs> it's even got dirt splattered all over it. Really? Yeah. It's got the cut-off oh, sleeves. Man. Is that not Chris Rourke right there? 100%. <laughs> I just remember him doing that big step down in terra firma or whatever that was. I don't know, he got gnarly everywhere. Yeah, I did. Shit, yeah. Remember, I just picture him riding around sleeveless. Doing rock solids. There you go. I'm Chris Rourke. Nick is me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not Chris Rourke's. So after Clint was hanging out with Robinson drinking spicy tequila, (laughs) he went and locked himself. I don't know what happened. His bike died or something. That's my story. Went to the hospital, make sure he's okay, and steal his jersey. Oh, my God. That's my story. This thing stinks like shit, Clint. Yeah, we rode rode, uh, four days in a row. I'm pretty sure that's the only gear I had. I just over myself. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, did they cut it off of me? Is that just the back? Yeah, they cut it off of me. Look at it. Uh, the arms are cut off. Fuck, it stinks like. Why don't you wow. wash it? Because sometimes I just wrap it around like a this scarf. One, this one, Rourke was sponsored so much that he. <laughs> this has got dirt on it, doesn't even smell like sweat. Could you imagine that? Well, if he got knocked out, was laying on a circus floor for 10 minutes. That's not <laughs> where all that sweat like... came from. Research it, that it, if you sweat when you get knocked out. You were sweating your balls off. Cause they were try- I remember the circus girl was fanning Clint, and then the paramedic was like, back it up, back it up. Because <laughs> he's like, you can't fan him. I'm like, he's fucking, he might be dead. Let him get some fresh air before he kicks the bucket. Yeah. I'm going to go with the motor, uh, or it, it cut out. But I don't know that Nobody for knows sure. That. Literally, last jump of the whole weekend, I look back and Clint's bouncing off the landing after our little half train we did. I'm like, come on. (laughs) So, uh, that bike had cut out on me before. Actually, this is how I met Dina. I went to come out of the corner. I got onto the gas. And then something happened. I backed off for, like, just backed off a little bit and then got back into it. And as I got back into it, it started to bog. I was so close to the ramp, I was just like, I'm just going to pin it all the way to make sure that I make the gap. And it just killed it the rest of the way. It was just goes, and was full on engine brake up the face. Did you get rid of that thing or what? No, I'm trying to. You want a YZ250? (laughs) Anybody want to buy a bike? Clint's selling it. So Garrett just texted me. Apparently he locked up. 
There he is. There's his logo uh, now. Is that why he was staring at us like that for the past two minutes? Yeah. I think he's just like... I'm over it. I don't talk to you guys anymore. I'm Elf. I'm, We've had I'm this. Cat. Yeah. We had this happen before. So with my... Well, I guess I tried to connect to Facebook live. Did you uh, stream to Facebook? No, because I couldn't get it to load that page as well. Well, because my, my in-laws, the they watch this show. They're they're uh, one of three people watching, and they're the like, tube. "Hey, are you live yet?" And I'm like, "No, not yet." And they're like, "We found you. Don't worry about it." You were just trying to pretend. I was I was hiding out. They usually find it on Facebook, is what I'm getting at. But I don't normally, I did it last week on Facebook, but that's the only time. Dude, we should do all of our uh, sales as Bitcoins. Like anything that we don't actually put a product out, do it as Bitcoins. Because kids will throw Bitcoins away because they don't feel it's real. And then we can just sit on it and make some money. Did you Yo, see Dino's brother was doing that? No. He uh, Decal Jones? Yeah. He was doing 10% off if you bought Bitcoin. Because, huh. like, he knew his, you know, whatever product he's putting out, and then his time. It's, you know, it's a gamble, but. Yeah. I almost bought some Bitcoin, like, two years ago, and then I got hurt, oh, and God. then that was, yeah, I would have been, I would have been selling be it right now. Right now. Huh? You wouldn't be talking to me right now. I'd be selling it. You'd be talking it. to me, like, in a year from now when you blew all your Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but now I feel like now that everybody's um, like, I don't like it anymore. all about it, yeah, it's over with. The people that were that were making their money are bought this like two years ago when I should have. You gotta uh, read this book, The Internet of Money. It's a good one because it talks about Bitcoin, but it talks about it's more like cryptocurrency. How that's gonna take it over? Bitcoin may or may not. Be good. I got some Bitcoin. It's done all right. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, I like tripled my money. I only put like a couple hundred bucks in it. You're like, I should have bet the house. Uh, I don't know. I don't gamble. With anything but my liver. <laughs> That's not gambling. You know what you're going to do. No, I don't. Maybe I have like superior. Living. I got Scottish heritage. We people, those people, been drinking forever. And Polish. I'm well, just banking on stereotypes, okay? Are Poles big drinkers? Polish people? Yeah. Yeah. What do they drink? Polish vodka. Vodka, and beer. That's what I was said in like, oh, you didn't see that. I sent it to you. I was at my buddy's for his birthday, and it was, uh, went to some bar where this Polish guy had a accordion, and he was singing the Polish national anthem, and it was, we don't drink beer, or we drink beer here because they don't have beer in heaven. <laughs> and he was real Polish. He was the real deal. Is um, Elf gone? Yeah, his internet card died. Has he got Magic Jack? What's going on over there? I don't know, but all I know is I poured myself a glass of eggnog for when I finished this beer. So now I'm just going to have to sit hey, here nah, and you don't drink, drink that. 
Is that for real eggnog? Yeah, it's Christmas time. What's an eggnog? I don't know. It's nog of the egg. It's fucking gross. You're fucking gross. I know. What do you drink while eggnog. you? What do you drink while you decorate your tree? Just fucking beer. Just moonshine, and then I swing at my wife, and I fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I ruin Christmas every year. That's what men do, isn't it? I want my kids to have good memories of dad blacking out on when we set up the tree. You drink like the machine. Did you see that? I've never seen anybody else drink like this. I learned it from uh, Ray Bennett. Has he been hanging out with the machine? From my illegitimate son. I don't know. I don't think so. I've seen your illegitimate son on, uh, on the Grams. On the Grams, yeah. He got himself a colored girl. He's got himself a, uh, what, what state is that from? That's where I, that's where I tried to make it to, uh, Guyana when I missed all my flights. You tried to get your black belt? Trinidad. No, because <laughs> I missed my first flight from Chicago. I couldn't make it to that, an airport two hours away. So I missed that flight. That flight went to Miami, so I had to fly out of Fort Lauderdale. And then when I went from Fort Lauderdale, I landed in Trinidad at like, midnight or one or something nobody was there that airport's like it's a gymnasium nobody's there nothing's open so i sat there and watched tommy boy and fell asleep on the floor and then uh a plane landed from like laguardia and it was all guyanese or puerto ricans or something and i get on and i'm the only white kid walking on this plane and i remember seeing this one guy he had big chains and stuff and he was like sunglasses on the plane He's, like, walking up and down the aisle, being real loud. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then uh, I land in Guyana. A guy picks me up. He just points at me because I'm the only white guy that gets off the plane. Drives me to the thing. The next day, I meet Roger. And, I don't know, we had a party or something. It was like Roger's best friend was the guy with the gold chains and the glasses on the plane. Like, <laughs> eh. I'm like, I saw you on the plane. He's like, yeah, man, I saw you. You're the white guy. Like, hilarious. That was a crazy trip. Dude, when I went on the um, safari, I was the only white guy. So much, in fact, that they called me, hey, white boy. Just the <laughs> white intro- boy. everybody, white boy. Yeah. No matter what was hey, going boy, on. How's that sunburn coming, man? Yeah. I no. heard that like every day. No, the driver kept yelling at me to get into the sun, and I was like, listen. I was I was like the color of this eggnog because uh, it, was, it was it's like uh, April. It, it was right over Easter week or whatever, so it's like I haven't seen sun in months. And uh, they, the driver guys like the drivers like get in the sun, get in the sun. I'm like, dude, listen, if I stand in the sun for a couple of hours, I'm gonna be burnt. <laughs> <laughs> like. I can't do that yet. They don't understand shade. No, I'm like I need to get the base, the base coat here. If you're, if you're just listening to this, you got to go on Two Wheels to Freedom YouTube and watch what is it called? Well, there's Diana. Yeah, so there's um, I put the whole video together. It's 27 minutes, or there's um, it's done by like days. There's like three different sections, uh, but it's yeah, Guyana Safari. But, that was a good um, video. Yeah. I watched the piece. 
No, it was fun. I mean, and I just did that with a GoPro. I just took the GoPro with me and filmed riding and then filmed myself talking to people, asking them questions and shit. So. Speaking of trips, I know you were fucking asleep five minutes before the show, but the motocross donations is an hour and a half from my house. Oh yeah. So let's 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 do a thing. Let's let's go there. It's um, right, it's the best track. Cosie's going, and his dad, his brother, and I think Nelson. Yeah, I don't know. I may right. have to. Are you going or no? Uh, I may have to. Alright, well, go with them. Go fuck yourself. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'll go, I don't know. I no, know listen, if going. I'm hanging out with Doug, I can't hang out with you. That's how it is. We're friends from different periods of my life, so. That's fine. You guys can't clash, intermingle. Like ugly. You guys can't intermingle. Me, me and Doug would probably meet each other. I'd destroy him. I've met Doug without you. That's fine. We might even hit it off, and then we'd be like, why, why are we talking to Clint? Mm, I like Doug. <laughs> the, <laughs> most people, I would say maybe, but Doug and I are like every time he was just up here uh, with Red Bull or the like in New York. Yeah, he works for um, Red Bull now. It's like a sales manager for Southeast right now. But actually, he was talking to somebody about trying to get moved up here um, to New York. But. Um, He's for real one of my best friends. Like as soon as we see each other, it's like we never lost any time at all. It's like we just saw each other the other day and it's been like yeah. five years. His wife was even going, what's going on with you two? Like you guys, Doug's like a totally different person when you guys are together because we have all these inside jokes that we constantly say at each other and shit. Yeah, but that was all IFMA stuff, right? Um, and monster truck shows and no, actually, so I met Doug way before, before I started doing, uh, IFMA or they started doing the ramp to ramp IFMAs because I did the very first year of that. I think we rode monster truck shows and stuff before that. A freestyle when it was. Well, the glory days for people, you know, that's all I, that's what I wanted in the U S yeah. When I got into it, I'm like, Hey, where, where the fuck's everybody at? No, that was a good time. That's why I actually made amends with John for a while, just so that uh, I could do that show. And then it turned into, you know, I don't know, some shit happened. They were trying to cut budgets and stuff, and I was trying to rally everybody together to stand against that. And that forming a union that caused a new riff. You're a union uh, organizer. I was trying to be the Teamsters. I thought he would appreciate that from being from Jersey. That's why he knew the power we'd have. He was. He didn't the, really appreciate it. He, he just went his cut. He was the free market, yeah, and I was trying to be a union. He wasn't the free market. He was the <laughs> fucking bald asshole. <laughs> What's up with uh, Elf? He just texted me. Uh, I think that internet card, like, he said it died. I don't really understand what, the in, what an internet card is, so maybe it's a magic to, check, dude. to go into the side of the um, computer or something. I don't know. I can barely work this. 
You can barely work a apple. Yeah, which is so intuitive that, you know. So intuitive. A baby could do it. A baby could do it. Intuitive. Um, the problem is that babies can do it because they're just used to technology. How about that? Bryn just sent me a bunch of Snapchats of me looking like a jerk sitting on the fireplace right before the podcast started. And that's an Android. How intuitive is that? You know what? I think that's a good explanation of like freestyle. So when Uh-oh. in the beginning, like in the beginning. this is, this is all sports and, uh, knowledge compounds and, um, like think about fighters, fighters learn from old fighters who learn from old fighters. So, so technically new ones should always be better than the last ones. And the hardest thing of freestyle is breaking the mental barrier of things that like, so let's say Kerry Hart, nobody wanted to do a backflip, right? Him and Travis talked about it, but he was the one that actually broke the mental barrier of the backflip. And then all of a sudden a bunch of people after that started doing backflips. And then once Metzger went to a regular ramp or, you know, 75 feet, then people started doing that. But it's always the first person that takes on the like mental stress of breaking that and being like, no, this can be done, you know, that really deserves the credit. Because it's easy once you've seen somebody can do something. I mean, even yeah, as hard like, as uh, it is. Once somebody but... breaks, the, breaks the barrier, then everybody realizes they can, you know, run the fucking five-minute mile or whatever's fast. Mile. Yeah, which is a ridiculous premise if you think that everybody thought the four-minute mile was uh, impossible, it was never going to happen, and then somebody ran it, and then that next year, like, five people ran, or maybe more, ran under four-minute miles. So did people get faster, or did all of a sudden they believe that they could do it? Tony Robbins has a whole thing about this. It's all mental. Tony Once somebody Robbins breaks does? it, then everybody. He's like, how does how do five other people come the next couple years and break that same barrier that was unbreakable for like five years? Yeah, because it's all it's all mental. Well, that's why people go, "Is Kerry Hart the first one to do a backflip?" I don't think so because he didn't run away. Fuck you! I watched his, him backflip a motorcycle and land on the wheel. Yeah. And then I don't give a fuck he got bucked off. He did a fucking backflip. At that time, nobody even thought that it was a thing. Like they're like, "Yeah, right, you can't even do it." It was the whole he had it kind of figured out cuz that's not even how people flip anymore. They don't do it to a step up style jump. No, cuz that sucks. He just told you that like you can get this thing upside down yeah. and not die. That's my point. And then Mets, uh, and Mets was like, "Oh, you can do, you can back it up, and you can do this." And then I saw it, and I was like, "I can land on my fucking head, but not die." Well, so and that was it. How about this with Metzger? Everybody was doing um, super kicker flips, and uh, X Games. Like, so I rode the Boost Mobile tour, the Burnett tour, the week before that, and Metzger was on it. And he was only flipping super kickers. And I remember he goes, 
he goes, I'm going to flip a full size jump, like a second gear jump. And I go, do you think you can do that? And he goes, I know I can. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I wasn't, I was like literally legitimately was, do you think that your, can happen? Your, fucking, your comment to fucking kill his vibe. He, exactly. He didn't need my negativity in his life. I agree. Yeah. I was right. an asshole. It can be done. He did it. Who the fuck am I? But that's how you have to be. You have to be like, you have to know it, not just say it, but you have to know it. And then anybody that approaches you, you have to make sure you get that out of your way because that can get in your head and, and fuck you up. Yeah. Yo, I built some jumps at my place in Georgia and I knew at the time uh, Austin was being very negative about stuff. And I, I was like, He's going to start being negative about these dirt jumps, and then he's going to make these other people negative about it. So then I, I literally just built the jumps and got somebody that didn't even ride to come out with me and hang out while I jumped them. Because I was like, I know I already have in my head how to hit these, and I just don't need somebody to come out here and be like, eh, uh, I don't know. You know, like, I'm not even going to listen to that. I'm just going to go out here by myself, jump both of these. And then I started um, like grooming them up a little bit. I fixed them with the machine. And then I was like, at this point, they're going to show up, and I'm already going to be jumping them. So fuck you. Like, I'm just going to yeah, show you how to goes, jump. Oh, fuck, now we got to hit these. <laughs> exactly. But they were good. Um, Ed Rossi and I actually flipped the first one. It was like 72, 73 feet into a. Is this a secret stash? Yeah. Into a. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember that invite I got. It was. Highlight of my my life. <laughs> Did I? You never got to ride the secret sash. I don't think I reached that level yet. I think I was still crashing that am contests. Uh, that's fine. You can come I and crash at the secret sash. Huh? You could have came and crashed at the secret sash. I'm fine with that. Nobody was gonna pay my fucking crash fee. <laughs> I would have just stolen that footage and put it on my YouTube. <laughs> wouldn't even have monetized it back then. I got to monetize that, bro. I wouldn't even have back then. I just, <laughs> I just would have given it out for free. You would have sold it to Moto Pimps, and I would have ended up on World's Wildest Wipeouts. I'd be like, listen, I filmed this. Fuck him. I own this footage. He's in the com- he's in the comment section right now. Is he? Talk to yeah, but I can't read and talk or listen. He called us sluts or something. Cool. Yeah, he called us a couple of sluts. <clears throat> Him and Danny D. Wayne are talking smack to each other. That's good. That's good. My my computer's being too slow. To uh, I can send you a I can send you a, a Windows based computer for fucking three hundred bucks. Uh, dude, I'm running OBS. I'm also recording all the sound on, a, on hey, Audacity. Listen, it won't be. And Google Hangouts. Yeah, it won't be fast enough to do any of this. I can do that on my phone. I can do that on my Android phone. <laughs> your your Android can't run OBS. Yeah. It could. You know what couldn't? <laughs> a fucking iPhone. It's a legal software, so like Android loves it. I don't know. Just the more I drink, the more confident I get in my computing abilities. I'm going to start trading bitcoins here in a minute, getting all cocky. 
<laughs> yeah, let's sell stuff on Bitcoin. Buck Commander. You can buy Clint's Invisible Beer Maker. No, you know uh, Duck Commander? They also made Buck Commander. I was driving through Louisiana and I stopped in there. And uh, at, That's the same thing or that's just some, some other guy that ripped them off? No. it's uh, they, I bought it at the place that they shot that show. I don't know where that's at. It's in West Monroe, Louisiana. You know I have the TVs. You got the TVs. You're on the interwebs all, right now. All I, watch, all I watch is podcasts and uh, I don't know. I got some TVs now. Those people were good Christian people. I know you watched it. I did not watch it. I'm not anti them, but I'm not. I, I could give a shit, honestly. <laughs> you were like, you southern <laughs> fucking hillbillies. Fuck y'all. <laughs> we're up here drinking pop. We're up here drinking pop. <laughs> <laughs> drinking pop, eating dogs. <laughs> All right. All right, yeah, I got to pee super bad. This. She's Speaking hanging. of lazy ass dogs. She is a lazy ass dog. Marley. Marley. She don't want Marley. Me. Call her. Is that the dog that died in that movie? Marley and me? No. She's named after she's Bob named after Marley. Bob. Nah, she's named after that dog that died in that movie. It's never gonna make it through the night. She's a Rasta. All right, well, yeah. I, I just took her hat off. Yeah, she normally has wicked braids. That's right, in the hat. Which, like, that's where her energy comes out of is through her natural dreads. Yeah, she took off the dreads so she could sleep. All right, um, we need to do the uh, the award show next week. Nobody's getting any awards. We're just going to talk about it. Tuesday. What, what awards? The Instagram, FMX Instagrammies. I hope you still wear that. It's signed by... The King? The King himself. For everybody on audio, Nick Scott, what is that, like a Moto 2? Like a little kids moto. He's got a he's got a little kids bell moto two or something. Uh, I got another one. I got a moto. What is that moto five? That was signed, but we didn't have the cash to get a new helmet, so I kept wearing it. And my goggles wore off the autograph. Ooh. Mm. But I probably avoided possibly one concussion with that. That's good then. I bet you still got a little concussion. You you avoided uh, lacerating your skull. No, I for sure got knocked out in that helmet. I got concussed <laughs> in that helmet. But I could have, who knows, maybe one more would have been had. I, that helmet was when my dad let me skip school to go riding. And then he never ever pushed me. And he was like, yeah, maybe next time you go through those whoops, like get back a little bit, give it a little more throttle. And the next thing I know, I was like, wah, nah, 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 nah. I was like a super little kid on 80. I ate shit, and then I woke up. My dad's like carrying me to the truck, 
And I remember just like bleeding everywhere and like sitting down and like real dazed. It was like the first time I'd really been knocked out. And my dad, is this a dream? He's like, no. And I was like, oh, I was all upset. It wasn't a dream. I think I was like 10 or something. And then my mom washed that jersey. She's like, Nick, I got all the blood out of that jersey. I'm like, Ma, you can't. <laughs> I was going to put that on my wall. So you did. Where did you cut your head? Just my chin. Oh. But they bleed like crazy. But I was definitely knocked out for sure for I don't know how long. And then uh, I remember the nurse yelling at my dad. It's like, well, if he was in school, this wouldn't have happened. My dad's like, this kid gets straight A's or whatever he said. My boy don't need no education. <laughs> he just backhanded her. <laughs> he was like, listen, <laughs> we're farming family. <laughs> You've met my dad. You have to have it close. <laughs> no, he was like, I need this kid to check rubes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he, sold, he sold that lady a car. I don't doubt it. All right. Uh, I gotta pee. Super We're gonna bad. be like Marley and go to yeah. sleep. Um, I may have a good guest. We'll have to talk to old Moto Pimps. Um, he, I talked to him. He had two people that uh, were gonna be on that are good guests. So. I'll hit him up. We'll let you know. You'll just find out the way everybody else finds out. But as it happens? On Instagram. We're going to do it like a, a SpaceX launch. It's just going to be live as it goes. Hey, for everybody, like literally, we're not, I won't even, I'll just like finally figure out who's going to be on the show and just post something on uh, Instagram and Nick's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Garrett was gonna be on tonight. I was like Garrett's like, well, it's just more efficient, right? Like, why, why send an extra text? That's right. that's right. I send the message out. This is like me sending it out to the world, including the other guy on the show. It's just like, hey, here's the guest. Listen, if people want a more refined, professional show, go. Don't be a dirt biker. Go do something yeah, yeah. else. Go listen to Joe Rogan or something. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. With his fancy producer. Jamie's a, Jamie's a bitch. <laughs> he don't even drink and smoke with them. Poor shame. Yeah. All right. All right. Later, everybody.